You're listening to your superpowered mind on the Superpower Up podcast, the show that investigates the innate power within your brain to create lasting change. Hey, everybody, this is Kristen Maxwell, and you are listening to your superpowered mind. We're going to be talking today about using rest to increase happiness. Um, I cannot wait to introduce you to our guest. We are going to be talking to Sandra, Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith. She's an author, speaker, and a board-certified internal medicine physician. In addition to having an active medical practice, she teaches courses on health, nutrition, and disease progression. She's a national and international media resource on mind-body-spirit connections and has been featured in many media outlets, including Women's Day, Red Book, First for Women, MSNBC, and Prevention. She's the author of a couple books, Set Free to Live Free and Come Empty, which won a few awards, and also recently released Sacred Rest, Recover Your Life, Renew Your Energy, Restore Your Sanity. She is going to be a wealth of knowledge for us all. So, Dr. Uh, Dr. Dalton Smith, is that what you like to be called? Or Sandra, please tell me. Welcome to your superpowered mind. You're welcome to call me Sandra. A lot of people call me Dr. Sandra, just to keep it simple. Okay, great. Thank you. I'm, uh, I always want to make sure I'm addressing people in the most the the best way. So our my first question is always, what superpower did you uncover as a result of mastering your mind? The superpower I uncovered really was rest. That was the whole reason that I wanted to really get a chance to share with you because I think as we think about kind of superpowers, for me, I'm thinking about what is it that I possess that allows me to be my best and to supernaturally produce above and beyond what looks to be natural. And I'm one of those people who tends to push and grind. I'm a type A personality, Enneagram type three. I'm one of those people who like to get things done uh, and be highly productive. And what I found was to be able to do that and to do it with excellence, I needed to learn how to rest well. Wow. So this is, I love what you're saying about the idea of producing above, um, you know, supernatural production, because I know there are people like that. The, the people I know who do that, though, tend not to sleep very much. Can you tell us a little bit? I know you mean rest beyond just sleeping. What kind of rest um, do you rely on? Well, that's the thing. It's, it definitely isn't just sleep. When I was investigating this whole process of learning how to to really recover my life and to get back on track where I could do what I wanted to do and do it with with happiness and and enjoy the process, actually, I I started noticing that regardless of how many hours I slept, I still felt exhausted and I still didn't feel like I was fully getting what I wanted out of the career and the life that I spent so many years building. So I started kind of breaking down and start researching what parts of my life felt out of balance, what parts of my life didn't feel as if they were full, they felt as as if they were being drained. And what I discovered were seven different areas of my life that I could tell that I was pulling on these areas, I was using them in my day to day activities. And I if I failed to try to to 
rest in that area or recover in that area, then I wasn't operating or producing at my best level. And those seven areas were physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, sensory, social, and creative. And so that's how it started for me. It was diving deep into breaking up really what is rest and what are the different parts of my life that need rest to be functional. Wow, that, that's fascinating. So I, I want to hear all of it, actually. <laughs> so what do you mean by rest then in these for, areas? Yes, absolutely. For me, when we talk about rest, it's not just about you know taking a day off or going on a vacation or any of those things that we sometimes think about. It's about restoring. It's very intentional. It's about restoring something specific. So let's just look at physical rest as one aspect of it. We talked about sleep. Well, physical rest is divided up into both passive and active. So passive physical rest is sleep and napping. And those things that biologically you really don't have a lot of control over. Something has to happen in your body to lead you into a deeper level of sleep. Whereas active physical rest is something more along the lines of, let's say, yoga or taking, as we call a Sunday stroll, just a relaxing walk where the goal is not to go to sleep, but the goal is to improve circulation improve your lymphatics flow, relax muscles, release tension. It's a different mindset. And both are needed really for your body to feel good. Wow, that uh, that's fascinating. So what uh, I had never really thought about yoga or walking as a form of rest. But as you say it, it really is a time when often your brain lets go, and it feels so restful. So what's um, what's an example of rest in a different area, the outside of the physical? Well, if we're looking at, let's say, emotional rest, that's one where a lot of people are like, oh, I've never thought about that. But emotional, if we think about most of our lives, our professions, the things that we do where we are in front of other people, there's a level of performance that, that, is, that is expected. And it's in some realms, it's considered professionalism. For instance, if I show up at the ICU they're expecting Dr. Dalton Smith to show up. They're not expecting Sandra to show up. So there's a level of professionalism that is expected with that, but it also is a level of performance because my normal personality is not that serious, you know, um, type personality is more of a kind of a goofy joke, joking kind of personality. So that's what my friends expect, but I can't be authentically who I am in the setting of the ICU. And that's where I spend a lot of my time is with patients. 40 hours a week, I'm with people being their physician. So when you have that type of ongoing performance mode or professionalism that pulls on you, you have to understand that there has to be times in your life where you are not the one that's consistently giving, that you are able to receive and be able to to express yourself in a way that feels very real and very authentic and very raw. And oftentimes what happens, particularly with people who are professionals, they never feel that time. They never feel they have that time to have emotional rest, to let their guard down, to not perform and to not have that that extra motivation to be a people pleaser. Wow. So how, for example, would you get rest from your professionalism? For me, it ends up being having those people in my life who I know I can receive from. Everyone in our life is either giving or receiving from us. Now, some of it's very, very organic. Your husband and your kids, they expect things from you. 
So, you know, it's not like they're being uh, negative. It's not a negative thing that they're receiving from you. But there has to also be people in your life that are actively giving to you. So I make that a priority. I have friends and emotional rest and social rest oftentimes go very hand in hand because of the people aspect of it. But I have friends and two of my best friends are actually completely across the country. One's in the West Coast in California and the other one's in Cal- is in Canada. And we are each other's emotional and social rest with social rest being that rest we find from being in the presence of life-giving people. Um, it's, the, it's the opposite of what we see with most social media now where it is all computerized and we lose the, the essence of someone's presence, the power of their presence and their, the ability of their presence to heal. So for us, for the three of us, what we often do is we actually do Skype calls with each other, not a phone call, not a text. We actually see each other when your hair's in a mess, when your makeup's off, we actually are looking at each other and uh, get a chance to appreciate being in the presence of someone who really gets you when you can just tell your truth without apology and not feel as if you're going to be condemned by it. Right. Or judged or being held to a standard. Yes, Mm -hmm. that, that is beautiful. Well, we are going to uh, take a quick break, but before we go, I would love, can you tell people where they could learn a little bit more about you and your work and your books? Absolutely. I highly recommend that they visit restquiz.com. That's where I have a free assessment where they can find out for themselves which are the seven types of rest they need most. That's great. We've been talking to Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith about using rest to increase happiness, and we will be back in just a moment. Are you here to change the world? Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer learning, intensive one-on-one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the Net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. So welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Your Superpowered Mind, and we are talking to Dr. Sandra. And I would love to know... um, some more about like if there are listeners out there who, as they're listening to you, are feeling like, oh, you know, that yearning for that rest, where, where would you suggest they start? Well, really, I think it is important to start with, with self-analysis. Um, in, in my book, Sacred Rest, I actually tell people that the very first step to R is recognizing where you're at in your rest journey. Most people aren't deficient in all seven types of rest they usually are excelling at most of them. And there's typically one or two that really are the ones pulling down their life, the ones that are having that negative uh, effect. So what I recommend all of my patients to do is to, to take that the rest personal rest assessment at restquiz.com. And what happens is they, they get a detailed report that lets them know where they stand with each of the seven types of rest. Then once they're able to see, okay, well, I need more mental rest, so to speak, or I need more creative rest, they can focus their attention on the specific types of rest that they need to restore. 
And most of the time, it's not some huge change they have to make in their life. It's small tweaks that produce big results. Got it. And, you know, one of the things that I um, keep thinking as you're, you're talking is you are actually a physical doctor. Um, how does rest and paying attention to rest impact people's health? Well, that's the reason um, I started sharing this with my patient. This journey initially started off just as my own personal kind of self-discovery on how to get my life back on track. I burned out and I kind of hit bottom and I got to this point where I created this life, spent years in school and all this stuff to build up this life. And, you know, on the outside, people looking in would have said, wow, she's so successful. But on the inside, I felt miserable. So I, I did all of this studying and research really for my own benefit. And then when I went back to my office and I was, you know, started to actually analyze what people were coming in for, most people weren't coming in just for their diabetes or their blood pressure. They were coming in because they, the number one complaint is I'm tired all the time or I hurt all the time. And those are two key components to someone who has a, a very stressful or burnt or on the edge of burnout. They get to that point where they're just chronically fatigued and they have that type of fatigue that sleep does not fix. So when someone tells me they go to sleep at night and they get there seven, eight, however many hours they feel appropriate and they wake up in the morning and they're still tired, that's when I start asking the type of questions, what type of tired are you? Because it's not physical. We need to look at this at a bigger way and not just narrow down rest to this tiny little physical aspect of it because it affects every other aspect of our life. If your body's physically aching, you're not going to want to have high quality relationships. You're not gonna be in a mood to deal with people. You're not gonna have the capacity to be able to appreciate beauty and creativity. You're not going to want to explore your emotions. You're gonna to be too exhausted to do any of that. Right, that's true. So you're, you're finding then that people who actually have physical pain are sometimes just not taking care of themselves in their lives. Is that, I mean, uh, yes, they're carrying stress in their body from other reasons. Um, some people, uh, just for one example, um, one big category of pa patients that I see are people who come in who work at desk for long periods of time. So they may be a secretary or a teacher, but they spend large amounts of time sitting at a desk. Uh, and what I find is something as simple as teaching them the process of what I call body fluidity is enough to change every other aspect of their life because they don't go home stiff and achy. They actually have, are learning how to analyze what parts of their body feel tight and tense to be proactive in releasing the stress in those areas throughout the day, even while they're sitting there doing the work because they understand that the work will actually be of higher quality because it won't be distracted from the, their body discomfort. Right. So it's teaching people to actually notice what's going on with them and focus on taking care of it rather than just pushing through it. Absolutely. And, and with sitting at the desk, the body fluidity portion is actually making sure that you're not staying in a static position for prolonged periods of time, because that's going to limit blood flow and lymphatic drainage and you're more likely to have swelling and discomfort following those events. Wow, right. So I, I, one of the things I always like to do is to um, give the listeners, you know, what is something that they can do today or tomorrow after listening to us um, that could maybe 
help them start moving forward and understanding the ways in which they're tired. And I understand they can take the quiz, which I mm-hmm. think is great. I want to send it. I can't wait to take it after we're done um, and see. But what other tips can you give? Is there something else you can recommend? Yes. Um, let's look at mental rest. And a lot of people say that they have difficulty sleeping at nighttime because when they lay down to go to sleep, their mind kind of runs through either to the to-do list for the following day or their mind is kind of rummaging through the woulda, coulda, shouldas that they wish they'd said in different conversations. So they have a hard time turning their thought process off. They, their mind is very cluttered. And what I find is most people try to go to sleep directly from having worked their regular day. They do their activities, they check their email, they check the news, and then they hop in the bed. And they think that their body and their mind can just automatically click off like a light. And it doesn't. There isn't a switch in your body that just clicks all of that off. It has to actually be unloaded. And for most people, this is a very simple process, but it's very helpful because the mind has a tendency to want to actually hold on to information that you're ruminating over because it assumes that it is important because you keep bringing it up. So it doesn't want to let you down by releasing that information. So it holds tight to it. And when it does that at nighttime, that's going to prevent you from going into those deeper levels of sleep, into those stage three and four non-REM sleep where the actual healing and, and, and neurological changes occur. So for most people, something as basic as just keeping a notepad by the bed, and if there's something that is rummaging around in your mind that you can't seem to let go of, to quickly just write it out, to, to get it in a concrete form so that your mind then has permission to say, okay, I don't have to hold on to that anymore because we've got it. It's, on, it's, it's concrete. It's somewhere where she can get back to it. And then you're more likely to be able to go into those deeper levels of high quality sleep. Wow. That's a great idea. Just to, I, I know that um, I've had a habit of getting thoughts in my head and just going round and round and round. And I love the idea of, I guess, giving permission to let go of it. <laughs> yes, I like to call it mind dumping, to do a mind dump <laughs> right before you go to bed. And then you can always pick that back up the next day. Because honestly, most people will find that the next day you'll have much clearer insight on whatever it is you were ruminating over. Uh-huh. Now, one thing I'm wondering, would some people say, well, if I'm going to write it out, I'm just, I'm making it bigger and more real? It's already real or you wouldn't be playing around, playing it on repeat in your mind. So holding it in is not going to solve the problem. Letting it out releases the mind for to be able to, to then process it at a later time. Right. And I guess sort of writing it out with the intention of, look, I'm going to put this down now and I can let it go. Yes, because as long as you're ruminating over it, you're trying to analyze it. And most of the time, if this is right before you're going to bed, you're too tired to really come up with any kind of conclusion that's worthwhile. You're going to need to actually let your, yourself have a chance to approach that when you're more likely to be able to, to analyze it appropriately. Right. So you had mentioned before that like you had, um, you know, reached these great, you know, levels of success in your life. And you, you, I mean, you're, you've definitely done a lot from looking at um, your resume and all of that. How did you, um, but, but you said you were struggling, you know, how did you get started on looking at rest or how did that come to you to think about that? 
it's well, it started at what I consider probably one of my lowest points. I had just picked up my kids who were at the time were toddlers from daycare. And I had, I was just exhausted. I, I was, it was the end of a work day. Um, my husband wasn't home yet. And I picked them up and I thought, oh, I just can't, I just can't do this. I can't do this anymore. Um, so I put them in front of the TV uh, with some type of snack. And I just literally laid out on my four-year floor um, in a, in a, in a, bit of exhaustion, just with nothing left to to give or to do. And while I was laying on that floor, and it was, you know, this unscripted, um, you know, it wasn't anything pretty, it wasn't a massage, it wasn't a vacation, it was just stopping. In that moment, I while I was laying there, I had the the most calm and peace. And I thought to myself, you know, if, if I can get to this, and that's what I was looking for, was just kind of a calm and a peace. And I thought to myself, if if I can get to this level of calm and peace in like five minutes of just laying on the floor and, and being kind of fully present in the moment, feeling the cold wood planks beneath my hardwood floor beneath my back and, and just fully being there and that actually bringing me to such a level of peace, what would happen if I applied that same concept throughout my day, not letting myself get to the point where I just came to the end of myself, but I did it as a way of keeping myself restored. And so that's how it began. How do I start restoring and recovering my life from this downward spiral? Wow. And so have the, has your life changed as a result of, of, you know, learning how to recover? Oh, absolutely. Because um, now, you know, a lot of times when people look at my schedule, they think, oh my God, you never rest. And I think to myself, I rest all the time. I just don't rest the way you think people should rest. And I, that's what I love about it is because when we look at these seven different types of rest, we are all so unique and so different in what restores us. And that's why I try to help, help my patients see this isn't someone else's journey. This is your journey of rest. This is your superpower of rest. You get to interpret what parts of it are, affect the different areas. So you get to determine what type of physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, sensory, what type of each of these types of rest works for you. And it doesn't really matter if your friends or your husband or your kids or anyone else gets it because you're the only one who's going to benefit from that. They benefit after the fact, after you've already been restored and energized, but you are the only one who benefits directly from the rest you choose. Right. You know, I'm, I'm kind of laughing to myself because and as you say, it's so individual, because for me, I have just ended, you know, just fallen into uh, exercise, you know, running and spin and pushing myself in a cardio fashion is really, really very restful to me. And so I because I come away, and I'm just brand new, my, my thinking, and I feel just free. And so I'm always saying, to my to my daughters and to my friends, just go exercise. <laughs> and I, well, I don't know. I don't get the same feeling. So I, I love the reminder that it's going to be really individual for each person as to what truly is restorative. Absolutely. For my husband's very similar to you. He's a, an ultra marathon runner. So for him, part of his rest is when he goes on a long run. He's able to actually. He does it in the trails, 
So he's able to clear his mind. He's able to enjoy the creative rest, which is basically rest that's derived from being in beauty and being inspired by that type of environment or, or that type of exposure. So he gets that in that surrounding. Whereas for me, that would be torture. <laughs> right. Yes. And it is, you know, there's this funny um, zealotry that I think I get around it where I'm like, oh, this is just a cure-all for everybody. And then people shut down because they're like, <laughs> no, I've tried it and it just doesn't work for me. So, well, that's that's really great. So I see this, your, um, your recent book is Sacred Rest. And then you also had written another book, um, Set Free to Live Free and Come Empty. Um, was that around rest or what, what, what was that um, addressing? No, the, the other two books, Set Free to Live Free was my first book. Um, that was back in 2011 or so and Come Empty was back in 2015. So those were books that were written before I crashed and burned. So they were they were part of that success journey where people would have looked and said, "Oh wow, she's got it all together." But what I was doing was, I, I, I like I said, I'm a, a typical Type A. I am no issues with producing, but I had to learn that producing does not should not cost me everything. That I should have something left at the end of whatever I produce. And I find that whenever I talk to very successful people, particularly ones, you know, with all the recent suicides of high profile people, when I talk to people in those similar situations who their lives honestly look like what, what reason would they have to want to end it all? I can 100% understand that journey because you can get to the point where you are so great at producing that no one understands that you are not consuming any of the goodness that you produce. And so that's what I try to help high achievers understand is that we have to learn as much as we can give out to the world, we have to give some of it back to ourselves because that's the only way to keep that production going at a high level without losing yourself in the process. Right. And I guess that could be, you know, I have teenagers and that might be a little bit what's going on with the, you know, the increase in suicides in teens is there's so much focus on what they're doing and how they're performing. That's so true. And I find that that has, um, when I speak to a lot of the millennials who, who are no longer teens, but are actually kind of in the college and transitional phase, that tends to be a huge um, conversation because they want to be seen as successful and success has just this kind of open-ended definition as far as what it is for every person. And I, I try to help them to understand is that really, so nothing, it doesn't matter how many bells or whistles or awards or accolades or even dollars in the bank you have, if at the end of the day, you are not happy. If you are not happy, then we need to make a change. And so that's for me is what rest has done. It keeps me in that place where I am reevaluating my life, setting some real personal boundaries that are beneficial to me and looking at what I'm producing and making sure that I take part in the, in the things that I'm enjoying. Wow. Yes. And so it sounds like, you know, as parents and, um, you know, with our friends and with ourselves is asking what, what makes you happy? What, you know, really what, not what are you doing, but what is making you happy and what are you doing? to, mm -hmm. to add that to your life. That's a 
a wonderful reminder. Well, we are really getting close to the end of our time. I um, thank you so much for, for sharing these um, reminders. Can you tell again um, the listeners where they can go to find your quiz? Yes, the quiz is at uh, very simple, restquiz.com. And my book, Sacred Rest, Recover Your Life, Renew Your Energy, Restore Your Sanity, is at all bookstores. That's great. And uh, it's very highly ranked and rated, and I can't wait to to read it myself. I wish I'd read it ahead of time, but um, I will be getting it. So everybody, listeners, thank you so much for being here. Um, go and take the rest quiz and start to look at where you um, can add some rest and restoration and happiness in your life rather than keep going. And until next time, go out and remember that you hold the power to change and transform your world. Thanks. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today. 